Hey everyone, Rebecca here. It's really exciting to be back for season two of Being a Whole Person. After a longer break than we expected, we thought we'd be back with you earlier in 2020, but life happened as it often does. And despite that, we're really excited to be back. It seems kind of funny to release this episode in the middle of a pandemic since we actually recorded it on December 9th, 2019. And it's kind of a summing up of the last six months of 2019, a little catch up of what's been going on with Lexi and I. So now it's kind of out of date. Uh, I feel like three weeks ago was a million years ago, let alone three months ago. So it's kind of weird to put that in context with everything that's going on now. But it's also kind of interesting to hear about what felt like a problem three months ago and that no longer seems that important even my troubles with my moving company, which I get into in the episode. So even though we thought it was a little bit weird to put this out now with the current stuff going on, we really wanted to get the season going because we just had an amazing interview with Mary Hodges of Abundantly Being, which is going to be our next episode in two weeks. And we knew that we just needed to get this conversation out And we thought it'd be a little funny to do that without this preface episode. So maybe we'll do more of an update on our 2020 lives. But for now, Lexi and I just wanted you to be able to hear this conversation so that we could get caught up and really get the season underway. Most importantly, we hope that all of you are well and doing okay with everything. We also want your input on anything that you want to hear from us, we welcome your feedback on the new trajectory of the podcast, especially for people who are patrons. We want to know what kinds of rewards you might want for being a patron. We get into that in the episode too, but I thought I'd mention it here. So without further ado, here's episode one of season two. You're listening to the Being a Whole Person podcast. I'm Rebecca Haas, a pianist, composer, and creative wellness coach. And I'm Lexi Rollet, the astrologer behind Alexandria Astrology. And this is a podcast all about creative entrepreneurship, self-care, and spirituality, and how they blend in our lives. Lexi and I are having honest conversations with a variety of other creative entrepreneurs to show the whole story of what it's like to be a business owner, not just the Instagrammable version. By digging into the real experiences of being a creative entrepreneur, We explore how it is possible to blend our career with our life and feel like a whole person. Welcome to the Being a Whole Person podcast. Welcome back to season two of Being a Whole Person. Welcome back. We're really happy to be back. And it feels like it's been simultaneously no time and a lot of time since we last recorded together. And a lot of that is because a lot has happened to both Lexi and I since <laughs> we last recorded. Our last episode aired in late June. I can't believe it's been that long. Yeah, I know. And funny, it aired right after I moved across the country, which is a huge life transition. But not just life transitions have been happening. Like Lexi and I have both had a lot of business growth. We both feel like it's been a really transitional year for us and especially this latter half of the year. So in this episode, we're just going to kind of recap you on what we've been up to in our life and business and what self-care we're doing to support ourselves in that. 
because where would we be on being a whole person if we didn't talk about self-care? <laughs> totally. And then after that, we are going to let you know about some new stuff. We're going to do a little bit of a new format this season um, and just a new, like new methods of being out in the world and being present to all of you listeners. So stay tuned for things to look out for in that regard. Yeah. So I think we should start with Rebecca explaining your move across the country. So yeah, I mean, that's humongous. So yeah, what went on with that? Yeah. I don't remember how much I talked about this actually in the previous episodes because we recorded them so far ahead of when some of them actually aired. So I don't even know if I had told the internet I was moving yet. Um, So my partner got a job in Menlo Park in Silicon Valley working in architecture. Everyone, when I say that, they're like, does he work at Facebook? (laughs) I'm like, no, but he definitely does architecture for people who work in tech. So like it's tech adjacent. But anyway, he found this job actually back in 2018 and was sort of pondering it for a while. And we were pondering like, can we even consider moving to the most expensive metro area in the country, which is a thing. But um, it took us a long time to decide basically. And the polar vortex of early 2019 was when (laughs) the final straw broke the camel's back as they say and he started the job actually in early April so he moved out here then and I had to stay well I chose to stay in Minnesota through June just because I had a lot of commitments like work commitments and I kind of wanted to finish the school year with my students and our lease was up at the end of June so it kind of made sense It really sucked (laughs) to be apart for almost three months, but you know what? We did it. It was okay. Now it seems like a distant memory. So he came back in mid-June and we took a week to pack everything up and send it away on a truck. And then we hopped on a plane with Rusty the cat and boom, we were in Oakland. So whoa, whoa. Yeah, it, it feels like I'm talking about someone else's life right now. Really? <laughs> it all feels like big stuff. Like, how did I do all that stuff? And I guess it's that way with everything we do. Yeah. Yeah. We just go through it. But So, I mean, you put your stuff on a truck and theoretically <laughs> it would be delivered relatively yeah. soon. But Yeah. Well, Lexi is alluding to, I was about to mention, we had the worst time with our movers they were not responsive. Things were super late and getting later and later and later. And eventually they finally came two months after our arrival date here, which we did move into a furnished place. We live with a friend of mine who had furnished the house to be an Airbnb and decided not to do that anymore. So like there was a bed here for us. There was stuff in the kitchen, but like not our stuff. And just the stress of not knowing where my stuff was for two months was very terrible and they delivered a mirror that wasn't ours in place of my keyboard and they totally have ghosted us so I still don't have my keyboard and we were recording this on December 9th (laughs) you still don't have it I still don't have it 
Wow. Yeah. They just, they don't respond to any communications. Fun fact, their info email doesn't work. Oh my goodness. On their website. Yeah. So that's a thing. I'm trying to stay emotionally detached, even though we've done the whole like Better Business Bureau complaint process. They have six months to reply to our damage claims. So like we can't really do anything until March anyway. So I'm trying not to think about that. Yeah. 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 So hi, life stress for sure. (laughs) On top of the whole transitioning our entire life kind of thing. Yeah. Summer was kind of weird for me because I wasn't doing a whole lot work-wise. I was just trying to figure stuff out and it kind of makes sense with a lot of the work that I do that summer is a time to like rebuild and all the things start in the school year. Um, I went to California Brazil camp again in August. I have been to that camp seven times now and it was amazing because I hopped on I hopped in a car and <laughs> I drove two hours to get there this time. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's cool. every other time I had to fly on a plane and and I would visit my aunt and uncle, which was awesome. But um now, you know, they're just nearby. So <laughs> it was very weird to not go to their house before I went to this camp. <laughs> that was really great. It kind of filled up my inspiration cup, so to speak, because through all the stress of preparing to move and the busyness of wrapping up work in Minnesota, I wasn't doing a lot of playing for myself. There was a moment where I was like, wow, I can't remember the last time I played the piano that wasn't for a gig or to practice something for somebody else. And I was like, ooh, that I don't like that. That's not good. No. So I got, I got to just do whatever I wanted and play whatever I wanted. It was nice to reacquaint myself with that practice once I got back here before the camp, but then after too. And then I also started two new jobs in the late summer. I started accompanying for a local choir in August. And then I also accompany at a local Waldorf school, which I started in September. So getting integrated in the music community here, the Brazilian music community are the people that I knew already, but I wasn't very integrated into like the other more classical music stuff, which is another like key part of how I make my money. I also got acquainted with Opera on Tap, which is this organization that has chapters all over the country. And they do, they like, they make opera accessible basically. And opera Mm -hmm. isn't my number one passion or anything, but I really like accompanying for singers and it's at this local bar every month. It's, it's been really fun to get acquainted with people that way and just like present some fun music And it's always explained in like modern day terms. Like they make it seem less dusty. Ah. There was an (laughs) opera in the tarot actually. What? For October. Yeah. The coordinator. Yeah. She added a tarot card for each aria that was sung. She was like, this is this card. And that's what that means in tarot. It was really cool. That is super cool. Yeah, and that was around Halloween, so it was, you know, yeah. witchy and stuff. Right. That is yeah. awesome. Yeah. So, like, my life category is a really big one. I feel like it's not usually a big one, but it has been for the last mm-hmm. several months. What about you, Lexi? Um. So, my life category isn't as massive as Rebecca's. That's normal. Yeah. Right, right. So... <laughs> Mine's going to sound a little bit more boring, but it seems like um, weddings have been a big focus. So my best friend 
got married this year. And actually it's kind of a funny story because she really got married last year through the courthouse Mm. and they finally had their ceremony this year. I've had friends that did that. There's practical reasons for that. Yeah. Yep. It was a practical reason. (laughs) Health insurance, Um, perhaps. Perhaps. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, so that was really cool to finally celebrate that with her and um funny story that's the first wedding i've ever been in other than i guess my parents yeah they got married when i was six that is fascinating um which is a great segue into the fact that my dad is getting remarried so he will be getting remarried in april of 2020 so we've already been doing a lot of planning and getting all the bridesmaids dresses and all that stuff so and you live near your dad right I do just about an hour away. So you're like close enough to be really involved. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So it's good, but that's huge. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Yeah. So I'm super excited. I love his fiance. She's great. Good. Yeah. Yeah. So that's really good um, that we all get along, you know, and it's not like this weird thing or anything. So when she asked me to be a bridesmaid, I was like, well, duh, I just hope <laughs> you actually want me. You're not just doing out of obligation. Uh, but yeah, she totally does. So that was good. She does. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so that'll be a fun time. And other than that, though, as far as like life stuff, you know, I am doing this part-time job. So I think when we were recording last year, I don't think I quite had this part-time job yet. That sounds right. Yeah. I started it in May of last year. So yeah, we were done recording by then. I think we did all the recordings before that. So it's this new place in St. Louis called Synergy Elixir Bar. And we're the first non-alcoholic bar to like claim that title in the area interesting yeah yeah super cool cool. yeah right not that I have anything against regular bars yeah me either but I don't know as I get older I want to drink less and less same I do but I would like more interesting options Mm -hmm. and healthy options exactly yeah so you know we're just kind of like spreading the message of um, wellness just in general And that's kind of a part of the main thing that the owners believe. And actually, we might even have them on the podcast this season. Mm. Um, Yeah, because it's very aligned with what we do here on uh, Being a Whole Person. Yeah, definitely set that up. That'll be good. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And then, so actually, so my role started out with them where I was working in the bar. I was making, we do smoothies and we do mixed drinks and stuff like that. And so I would have to be at the bar for six hours, you know, the the standard part-time job. And it was, I, I love the company and everything, but it was just getting really frustrating taking such huge chunks out of my day Mm -hmm. to work on something that wasn't Alexandria astrology. So I was like, uh, you know, this is frustrating, but again, I still really love the company. And the cool thing is like Synergy promotes, like we have this thing called Witchy Wednesday. So every Wednesday, love it. there's some kind of a reader, like a tarot reader, astrologer, um, numerologist. We even have um, this woman that's an animal reader. Cool. And 
those nights are amazing. She can not only like communicate with actual animals, but she can also see what your spirit animal is and all that stuff. So people bring in their animals like to her? They bring in photos okay. and she can channel them via the photo, okay. which is very cool. Because I was excited that like animals would show up, but I can see how in a food establishment, maybe that's a bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. So that was one of the reasons why I chose this part-time job is because it was very much a, um, a supporting position to what I do for my business. So like they let me be the reader for Win- Witchy Wednesdays a few times. And and so it it was just a really collaborative and supportive place. But we also opened a yoga studio. And so now my role is more geared towards the yoga studio. So that's been really, really fun. Um, And I don't have to actually physically be in the space very often. I can do most of my work from home, which is so cool because now I can really have a good balance of a part-time job that gives me reliable income. And then also work on my business and grow that. So that's been really wonderful. Awesome. That sounds a lot less draining too than like being on call to serve people in a retail capacity. Like yeah, most of us have worked those kinds of jobs and we know how it can be like a wild card. (laughs) Right. And just take a lot of energy. Yeah, they, they really do. But the good thing about the clientele that is in Synergy is that I've had other retail jobs. I've had, I've worked at Taco Bell. I've worked at Walmart, Walgreens, you know, I think those are the only retail, but this has been so much better because the people that we attract are not jerks. That's good. (laughs) Yeah. So like, even if there was something that was slightly wrong, um, they understand. They're like, you know, you're human. Oh, yeah. that's so good. You're human. It's fine. <laughs> just let's just get it fixed. <laughs> so as far as retail jobs go, that was the most or that was the least stressful of all of them that I've ever had. So that sounds amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Because a lot of memories are flooding back to me of my days oh, at Half yeah. Price Books, <laughs> <laughs> which was a great place to work. But, you know, yeah, retail. That's good. Yeah. So I think that's about it for life stuff. For me, you know, like I said, compared to Rebecca's life story for the year of 2019, it's pretty, pretty chill. Yeah. But you know, things happen when they happen. That's an mm-hmm. anomaly for me. I lived in the same place for 14 years before that. So yeah. Yeah. So I'm curious, did the Witchy Wednesdays help you meet new people? Like, has anything grown out of that for you yet? Yeah. So Just being involved with the Synergy community period has been super helpful with um, getting me more integrated with the local community. Awesome. Because generally speaking, my business is online and I don't focus a whole lot on local growth, but Synergy has given me a platform to be able to do that um, in a way that really feels good to me apart from you know, going to all the local businesses and posting up flyers like, hey, I'm an astrologer, you know, like, mm-hmm. which that feels a little weird to me. But being in the synergy community has been super helpful. So yeah, you know, the Witchy Wednesdays, like, every time that I do those events, I'm busy the entire time. So that's really fun. And then they give me a platform to do like workshops and things in the uh, yoga studio. 
so yeah, it's really actually helped a lot. <laughs> That's so cool. Building both my business and just giving me a reliable income otherwise. Yeah. A symbiotic relationship. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Well, do you want to keep talking about business since we're kind of already on that topic? Sure. So my business has gone through some transitions as Rebecca was mentioning earlier. So we actually both worked with the same business coach this year. Yeah. <laughs> Almost at the same time. Just about. Yeah. Not on purpose. <laughs> right. And she's also a former guest on this podcast. Um, mm -hmm. So Amanda Dennelly, we worked with her and we'll put in the show notes what episode she was on because mm -hmm. I don't remember off the top of my head. No. But so that coaching experience was really cool for me. That was the first business coach I've ever had. And she honestly gave me permission to do what I actually wanted to do. <laughs> so previously, before working with her, I was kind of more of like an astrology generalist. And that was very detrimental to me in general, because I had no direction. Like I didn't know exactly what to be sharing because there's a million and one things that you can share about astrology at all times. Um, and there's different things that people want to hear about. And really what I was starting to build was an astrology education business, like teaching people about astrology and how to use it and things like that. And, and it's not that I don't think that I would ever want to do that, but that's just not what I want to do now. Mm -hmm. I really love talking about business and I love talking to business owners and I love helping people figure their business out. And now that, you know, with the study that I have of astrology and I've even been studying more and more about human design. So she essentially gave me the permission to work with business owners <laughs> like I wanted to. Um, so now what I do is I help people that have businesses or who are creating businesses honor and align with their unique astrological designs so that they can have less resistance in business and have more success and actually feel like their business is a genuine part of them. Because what I've kind of figured out is that there's a lot of people out there that tell us how to run our businesses. Yeah. And what to do and what we should do and, and all this crap. <laughs> and it's not that any of that is wrong. It's just, we don't know what's right for us. Yes. It's very personal. Mm -hmm. There's more than one way to run a business. So what I do is I help people understand who they are inherently uh, based off of their birth chart. I'm trying to incorporate more and more of the human design chart as I learn it and just let people know like, this is actually the aligned way for you to work. Like, should you work one-on-one -on -one or should you work more in a group setting? Should you even be an entrepreneur at all? So like all these really big questions about business and how to run your life or like even how like you should manage your money or how to work easier. Like what kind of environment do you need to work in? You know, all of these things. I love helping people discover those things. And it's been super fun. And I'm just so glad that I finally like have permission to do that. Yeah. I think that's so cool. Well, as soon as you told me that I was like, of course, like that makes total <laughs> sense. Did you get that feedback from anyone else? What? 
that of course that I would be doing that. Working with business owners, kind of mixing astrology and business was like, yeah, first Lexi shifted that way. And I immediately felt very excited for you because it felt like that was really you. Yeah, totally. And the thing is, is like, that's what my birth chart says that I should do. Amazing. <laughs> you know what I mean? And not like you do, but yes, sure. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I just find it really funny that it's written all over my natal chart that this is the direction that you should go. And I just didn't necessarily give myself permission to do that right out the gate. And I mean, there's reasons for that, of course, but now I'm just really glad that I can do that and give that gift to other people. Yeah. Um, so that's been really That's cool. exactly what I was thinking. You get to help people learn about themselves. Yeah in a way that lets them use their own intuition. Mm -hmm. And I feel like getting to know yourself is a lifelong process, but like, Oh yeah. Owning a business really speeds that up. Like you're forced to learn a lot more about yourself and maybe in an overwhelming way even. And I think having those tools to look inside yourself and be like, what actually feels right for me? Like, where would we be without that? Mm -hmm. I feel like that's such a practice for me to cultivate that and filter out all of the opinions. Like you were talking about, there's so many shoulds and there's so many types of advice you can look for. And then you're just going to read it all and get super overwhelmed because you're like, well, this conflicts this piece of advice. And like, (laughs) I don't even know what to do now Mm -hmm. when a lot of that stuff, like you said, is not even right for you. Yeah. Yeah, um, that's exactly it. So there's there's just so many great nuggets that are in our charts that tell us th- these exact answers. Like some people just aren't really meant to write newsletters <laughs> or, you know, like other people are more um, designed to be in front of a camera on a regular basis. So there's just so many things that our charts can tell us about how to run our business and what we have Um, what we're better prepared for and what feels best to us. So that also tells us what do we need to hire out for? Mm -hmm. What am I not that great at? So I'll probably not do that thing. I'll have somebody else do that thing. Um, And if I ever, I feel like I need to develop that skill. I actually know that that's a skill to develop instead of like throwing stuff at the wall. So, and yeah, it's just always a learning process. And for us as business owners, like we don't have a ton of time to waste on these things that experts tell us that we should do. Yeah. And prioritizing can be just really hard to figure out too. Totally. Yeah. So I feel way more aligned now doing what I'm doing and it's been way easier. It's been way easier to get clients Mm-hmm. And it's been way easier to know what to say on a regular basis, like online and things like that. What's actually relevant to share because astrology is so there's just so much nuance and there's so many layers and so many different deep crevices of it that it's like, you can say literally, you can talk about anything. There's any vast amount of pieces of information that you can pull from. And once I was able to put it all within the context of business, then it all made sense. Mm -hmm. So that was super helpful. So I've been able to be more consistent, you know, the, like all the marketing efforts and things like that. So that's been really great. 
And then other than that, I've learned so many more time management techniques that actually work for me. Ooh, nice. Yeah, that's been good. And also because I'm learning more about human design, I actually know what kind of environment I need to like work in. (laughs) So um, I have been working in the library more. Nice. Yeah. Because as a projector, I really need the energy of other people so that I can have energy to do things. And the library is free. And the library is free. Because <laughs> those coffee shop drinks can start to add up. <laughs> yes. Well, but the coffee shop isn't even the, the best thing for me personally. Oh. Because other people aren't necessarily working. Oh, yeah. They're having conversations. They're, sure. you know, they're doing whatever on their phone. So like I was picking up all of that random energy mm. and where, when I'm wor- working in the library, everybody that's there, they're working in some capacity, even if they're reading for pleasure, that's, that's okay, but they're focused. Uh-huh. So that focused energy that's around me is really helping me have the focused energy. That's super interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's just because of how my body energetically works. So that's been really great to learn. And so now I get a lot more done. Yay. So great. It's been great. So I think that's about it for me for business, just uh, working with business clients specifically and getting more involved with soul astrology too. I think that's been a shift. So I write way more for them now. So that's been really fun. And I've also made a connection with the holisticism community as well. Cool. So I know that this episode is going to come out after what I'm about to plug, but it's really exciting that I have this virtual workshop that I'm going to do for them like this weekend. Of course, this is going to come out after that, but that's okay. So yeah, so just little connections here and there doing things. That's very exciting. Yeah. What about you? Well... Like we mentioned, I also worked with Amanda Dennelly with business coaching this fall. Um, And I feel like that really helped me clarify kind of just my core message for what I want to be doing and who I want to be helping. Now I'm focused more on ambitious, creative people who are feeling a lot of overwhelm and burnout, which was always an area that I felt passionately about because it's something that I've experienced so many times and, you know, I'm dedicated to contesting the culture of hustle, you know, like rest is good. Mm -hmm. There's a lot to unpack there, obviously. But anyway, that's kind of how I've been focused now. And she really helped me, like you were saying, find ways to talk about that in marketing. Mm -hmm. And a lot of things just seem so much more clear when I'm writing either newsletters or social media posts or whatever, because I'm like, oh, I know what I'm talking about. Because not like I know what I'm talking about, like I don't know what I'm talking about, but like I know what my goal is with what I'm talking about right now. Well, and I think a part of it was knowing who we were talking to. Mm -hmm. I think that was really the defining piece, at least for me. Mm -hmm. Like at first, I was just like talking to anyone that likes astrology. Yeah. And that wasn't super productive because it could be anyone. The people who like astrology like it for different reasons and are looking right. to it for different reasons. So I'm sure yeah. you were kind of experiencing something similar. Yeah, I don't think it was quite as general because I was talking about coaching for creative people who need to think about wellness. Mm-hmm. So like that is a more narrow 
part of the population than like everyone who likes astrology, but that's still a lot of different people who have a lot of different needs and interests. I mean, quite frankly, I'm still figuring it out because these things adjust and evolve and you have to kind of test things and see if they work and try new things to see if people are interested in them. So I've been experimenting with a lot of different stuff. But one thing I did this fall before that coaching that was really fun was I did an Instagram challenge of self-care September. So every day I post a different self-care prompt and talked about how I was doing it that day and then invited people to share about it. And that was really cool because it got me actually in the habit of doing some of these things. Not that it was a habit, it was a different thing every day, but it was just really cool. I want to make that into maybe a course or something or like another format of offering that's not just about the month of September. It just happened to be in September, but that was cool because it gave me a lot of different ideas for things I could do with it in the future. Mm -hmm. Well, and I guess what you were talking about, the new habits and things like that, it was probably more like you got to try new things on to see if it worked for you or not. Right. And I wouldn't say that trying something once necessarily tells you if it's going to work. Totally. Which I think we've talked about before. <laughs> of course. Of course. Just had to throw that in there. Right. But, like, <laughs> but maybe you're like, oh, whoa, I really enjoy this thing. And I had no idea. That really piques my curiosity. So hopefully that happened for other people too. That was really fun. So through September and October was when I was doing the coaching with Amanda. And I developed two, well, kind of three new offerings that make a lot of sense. I feel like part of my problem before was I didn't have a clear path for clients to Mm. go down Mm. when they came to me and it was more general, which makes sense because coaching is so individualized that you are going to, you know, assess that person's needs and each person is going to take a little different shape with it because it's organic. Everyone's an individual. But it really helped me to figure out this path for like, okay, you can try this first. And then if you like that, you can do this longer term thing. And I was like, oh, this just feels so different to me because it feels so clear. Mm -hmm. And before it was like, come on down, give it a shot. You know, it wasn't like that general, but you know, it felt a lot more like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Amanda helped me do the same thing which was really cool. And then I took a course offered by Holisticism pretty much right after I worked with Amanda. Mm. And it was more about retention within the wellness space. Mm. Interesting. Yeah, it was really interesting. And I learned some things that I wasn't expecting that I would learn. But one of the things that they taught, and it was specifically about these offerings that you're talking about, is that the teacher, she equated it to the hero's journey in novels. Mm. And so that like, if you can take your client essentially through the hero's journey, that's how you can design your packages. Yeah. Yeah, It was really interesting. That's probably all I should say since they're like selling this course. Sure. Um, (laughs) But it was really cool to make that connection between novels and helping clients. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it is a journey. Mm -hmm. That is very cool. So yeah, it was a big, fall just felt like a really big transition, not just for my life, but for my business. It's just been like one transition after another or overlapping on each other, which has been quite overwhelming at times, but I know it's good growth. Growth is uncomfortable 
like in November, I started to get a lot of inquiries from new clients, which is really exciting. I was like, cool. I have all these new people to connect with. And of course that feeling is like tempered by its opposite. Like, oh my God, I have to do all this new stuff and can I do it? And, and just like that stretchiness of sort of living into this new container that you made for yourself Mm -hmm. that you haven't really lived out that new definition of what you do yet. So you're like kind of trying it on and you're like, I don't know, this feels a little funny. I might need to like put on a belt for this dress. It's a little baggy, you know? Yes. I think I experienced the same thing maybe because what I found was like, okay, I basically made these new packages and these new offerings And yes, the concept obviously makes a lot of sense in my head and and all that, but like the fine details of exactly what I do with the clients and these offerings was still kind of fuzzy. Mm. So it's like, yay, cool. I'm getting these inquiries and these clients and I know like generally what I'm going to do with them, but what do I actually do with them? (laughs) Yeah. And the thing about that is it's such a catch 22 because you don't learn about it until you do it. Yep. But you're learning as you do it, mm-hmm. which you're like, ah, I'm on a roller coaster. <laughs> right. Right. But it's still fun. And it, yeah. it's still like, maybe it might be a little bit stressful, but like once you've had like one or two clients, it's like, oh, okay, I'm getting this. Yeah. You start to get your method. Like I get what I'm doing. They are finding a lot of value out of it. So that's fantastic. Like that's at the end of the day that that's all that matters. Yeah, exactly. And it feels funny to share that almost to be like, yes, I'm doing a new thing. And, but you know what? Everybody feels this way. Mm -hmm. Everybody was new at their thing, even while they were very qualified to do it. Mm -hmm. It can be new and you can still be feeling a little unsure of yourself, but that doesn't mean that you don't know what you're doing. Absolutely. Yeah. So I think it's really important to say that out loud because we all go through this. Mm -hmm. People just don't talk about it. Very true. Yeah. As it was coming out of my mouth on this recording that we're going to release to people, it was like, (laughs) wow, I am making myself sound like I don't know what I'm doing, but that's really not what it is. No. Yeah. It's just, we all have our own things that we're experts in. But it's just the way that we apply them that we need to learn as we go. And it's a constant evolution. Mm -hmm. Totally. Just because you feel like you have your process down today doesn't mean it's going to look the same in a year. Mm -hmm. And while you're evolving into that new iteration of what you do, you're going to feel that shakiness at points because, like I said, you're like growing into your new identity. Mm -hmm. everything's a process right and I think that's awesome actually that we get to feel that because that is part of what we're guiding people through Mm -hmm. I always felt that way when I was like I was learning accordion newly a few years ago and it was amazing because it really made me understand what my piano students were going through when they were like I don't remember where c is on the keyboard or like I can't find the g and treble clef on the staff I knew exactly how that felt because earlier that day I was looking for like that chord on the accordion. Mm -hmm. So, you know, like if you haven't put yourself in that growth place and if you're not doing that, then you are not able to empathize as well with clients. And I really feel like people who are coaches, we're the kind of people who seek out growth all the time. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Maybe even too much sometimes. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Perhaps. But I think it's a real asset to us that we're committed to the evolution of what we're doing. Well, it's combating that idea that there is a destination and expertise mm-hmm. It because there isn't. Yeah. <laughs> there is a constant evolution of your expertise. There are moments, even like for astrology, for example, like that's obviously the thing that I do. And I have reached like a point where I'm like, yeah, I, I know more than the average bear about this subject <laughs> and I'm solid there and you know, whatever. But now I'm kind of back in the beginner's stage because I'm learning about a new topic and a new way of using astrology. And then I'm going to like go up that staircase again and I'm going to reach that point of like, I know more than the average bear about this. And then I'm going to find a new area of astrology that I know nothing about. So I'm going to come back down. So it's just that constant evolution of expertise. There's no end point. It's a constant learning and evolution. And just if you do get to an end point, then that's a red flag. Right. You can become stagnant and maybe not even be that interested anymore. I'm looking at my behind my desk right now. I have my core values written down. And learning and curiosity, they kind of go together. I I consider that one. But like Mm -hmm. that is one of my core values. Learning is so, so, so important. Mm -hmm. Being committed to growth and continuing to evolve, that's one of the most important things to me. Absolutely. So that might be a really good segue into talking about our self-care and how that's evolved since the last episode we've recorded. Mm -hmm. So Rebecca, do you mind sharing your evolution? Yeah. Well, it's been interesting for me because a lot of things were removed from my life being in a new place. Like my social life was very different. I know a lot of people here, but I don't have a lot of good friends that I hang out with consistently at this point. So that just means I have more downtime because there are fewer requests on my time. And then I'm also, I just don't have the same like work network So not as many random gigs come up, like just my life is less full and it's become more full as I've been here. But those first couple of months, I actually spent a lot of time trying to connect with people going to different, you know, association meetings and stuff like Tuesdays together and having coffee with random people who I knew on Instagram. And I actually made myself really busy socially at first, but then I started doing less of that and it just kind of like naturally gave me more downtime, which was great because I think I needed a lot of processing time. I always need a lot of processing time. And that's something I've learned about myself as an introvert and as a highly sensitive person, like we just need more processing time. But I think that was a good thing that that was happening naturally because I often would not give myself as much as I needed. So that's been nice. Also, my partner works in a place where he has to commute like an hour and a half to and from work. So he can telecommute sometimes now, but like he wasn't around a lot. Eight hour day plus three hours of commuting. Like that that's a lot of time. Right. And he shifted his schedule a little bit so that we see each other more in the evenings now, which is amazing. Mm-hmm. But at first it was like, well, I'm just by myself more. So that was good to give myself the space, not only to have the downtime to process everything, but just to like feel my feelings. Mm-hmm. Because when you move, there's a lot of feelings. Yeah. There is a lot of grief. And not a lot of time to feel the feelings because there's a million and one things you have to do 
Exactly. Regardless. Yeah. And then once I got here, it's not like nothing was happening. I was like, oh, I need to, you know, figure out my life in a new place. But it's different than I need every piece of what I own to have a place (laughs) either in a box (laughs) or not here anymore. Yeah, you're totally right. It's so interesting how much grief I have about leaving Minnesota that I didn't realize I had. Hmm. And I'm not saying that in a way that I'm not glad I moved here because I am. And I really like it here too. It's a total both and situation. Mm -hmm. And it's made me really appreciate a lot of the people who I've left behind and also realize I haven't left them behind. We can FaceTime anytime we want to. And it's now that I just need to make more of an effort to do those things. Mm -hmm. Anyway, my point is there's a lot of feelings and grief doesn't all happen at once and grief doesn't have to be somebody died like grief can be so many different forms of loss and change in our lives Mm -hmm. so yeah I feel like I've had to be to quote Sarah Garnier who was on our last episode of season one I think of this all the time she said I am ridiculously tender with myself I hear her saying that in my head all the time now which Mm -hmm. I love because we should be tender with ourselves. Like when we're feeling anything, but especially when we're feeling sad or sense of loss or just anything that we need a little more support with, like we can Mm -hmm. support ourselves in that. So I've been trying to really cultivate more self-compassion and more personal support Mm -hmm. in the way that I talk to myself. Mm, I like that. Instead of being like, I need to push myself to work really hard right now be like, well, why am I resisting that right now? And if I'm resisting it because something, I have a fear about not being able to do it right or any mindset thing that might come up with whatever task it is, I'm like, oh, okay, I get that. That's normal to be afraid about. I try to talk to myself like I'm my inner child or whatever, Mm -hmm. which is so, so helpful. Not saying I can do that all the time. I'm not perfect, but I've really been trying to be more self-nurturing. I don't really have a like tidy conclusion to that, but I think it's been really helpful. And then I just have been doing a lot of the same things that were essential for me before. Like I take a walk in the morning and that's like my non-negotiable self-care habit, both because I need the exercise for just being healthy and for my mental health. And it's like a mental untangling and sort of a get my mind in the right frame of mind for the day. Mm -hmm. So I keep doing that. That's continued to be a great nurturing habit for me. And I'm also just trying to cultivate more intuition and give myself more space for that. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure what container that's going to take on yet either, but I did just get this new moon calendar. Oh, cool. Yeah. It's by the moon is my calendar. Oh, I think April McMurtry is her name. She actually lives near here in California and they carry this calendar at a local shop where I took a weaving class recently. That's so cool. Yeah. And I'd been eyeing this calendar for a while and I was like, this is a year I'm going to do it. Mm-hmm. So you get to track your energy based on the moon. Mm-hmm. and just kind of track the different sensations that you might have in your body or like different feelings you might be having, the amount of sleep. Like you can choose what to track on it. There's a million things you could track. As a woman, I also suggest that you track your period according to that. Yes, that's on there too. And that's huge, actually, mm-hmm. figuring out when I have energy during different parts of the cycle. Mm-hmm. But anyway, she actually has a newsletter 
and she sends out PDFs of like the main moon page and the there's like a circle with the moon cycle and then there's just a you know a square for each day kind of thing where you can write more stuff Mm -hmm. and she actually sends those out monthly in PDFs which is awesome we'll put that in the show notes but I was like you know what I want this in a book I want this to feel like a special thing that is a ritual for me I don't want it to be just like a bunch of random printouts and there's more stuff in the book than just what's in the PDF Mm-hmm. Anyway, not an advertisement, but <laughs> I'm excited to try that out this year. I've been using it this month in a dedicated way, and it's already helping me just notice like what I'm doing each day and how that leads to how I feel energy wise. That's awesome. Yeah. How about you? So I have a couple of thoughts about the stuff that you were talking about already. Yeah. <laughs> At the very beginning of your description of your self care, you said something that popped into my head as like a, oh, that was different, where you said that your life wasn't feeling as full. Mm -hmm. And I know what you meant was that your schedule wasn't as full and like you weren't filling it with as many people and things like that. Mm -hmm. But that might be a little bit of shadow around, is your life actually not fulfilling? Because that's kind of how the verbiage was sounding. Yeah. I was like, it wasn't as fulfilling, which I know that's not what you meant, but words have lots of power. I think it it's not what I meant in that moment, mm-hmm. but you're totally right. I feel like I haven't found a real sense of community here. So yes, mm. the shadow side of it is very yeah. real too. Very astute. <laughs> yes. Yes. And then the other thing was about having grief. Yeah. I would actually say that grief is always caused by death but it doesn't mean death of a person. Yes, totally. But death of of your life of Minnesota or death of a relationship or death of almost anything pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Any loss. Any form of loss. Anyway, those are just a couple of thoughts that kind of pinged for me, but Mm -hmm. super cool about the moon thing. That is awesome. Yeah. I actually did something similar and I got the magic of eye planner. Oh yeah. I saw you post about that. I did. And the funny thing is, is that's the most popular post on my Instagram, <laughs> like to date <laughs> since inception of my account. That is the most popular that's crazy. One. I know. With today's algorithm. Yeah. With today's algorithm. What? I think that's just a good testament to how popular magic of eye is. Wow. Yeah. So it's a planner. It's an astrology planner. So it teaches you about astrology, like the basic information of what everything means, but it also maps out all of the transits for every single day. And it has a place in there for all of your moon rituals as well. Mm, Um, So it does have that period tracker that Um, Yours sounds like it has and Uh places to write about your intentions and your releases and all that stuff. So yeah, I was like a little apprehensive to get it since I am an astrologer. I had a lot of like shadow about that. It's like I should already have all of these things on my own because I knew that at least the first part of the planner wouldn't be that helpful to me since I already know the info. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I'm glad I got it though. It's been really great. I can't wait for 2020 so I can actually use it. (laughs) Yeah. Well, just because you have that info doesn't mean that you have the time to neatly package it in a calendar. That's the the (laughs) actual thing. Yeah. Yeah. So somebody else did that for you. Totally. (laughs) Yeah. So I'm excited about that. Did you have anything else you wanted to add about your self-care? 
I don't think so. Okay. I'd love to hear about yours though. Yeah. So I've been paying way more attention to my sleep habits and what I actually need for sleep. Awesome. I absolutely need to wind down. I need to like get in bed an hour before I want to be asleep. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to make more of an effort to do that. Not every day is perfect, but it's getting to be more and more consistent because there's just some nights when I just have a late night for like other things, like other social activities and things like that. Totally. So I don't have as much control over when I'm going to sleep, but I'm also being a little bit more intentional with accepting those invites or not Mm -hmm. knowing that it's going to screw up my sleep schedule yeah that's real second guess if I actually want to do that thing Mm -hmm. sometimes it's totally worth it yeah but it's knowing if it's actually worth it or not right and I know you never know but you have a feeling about it Mm -hmm. so yeah I absolutely have to be in bed before my partner and Mm. I have to have my wind down time without him in the bed with me. That's really good information. Mm-hmm. It actually is really good for you too, as a manifester, if you wanted to know. Mm, interesting. <laughs> yeah. I'm so bad at going to bed. He's always the first to initiate the process. Really? <laughs> and then I'm like, <laughs> I should go to bed. Yeah. yeah. And then we read for a while, but like, oh, that's good. That's interesting. I'll keep that in mind. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So for him, he hits the pillow and he's out immediately. Mm. I do not. No matter what, no matter how tired I am, yeah, I will not fall asleep instantly. Same. So I really have to be almost asleep before he gets in to bed if I actually want to have a good sleep. Uh-huh. So it's been interesting. Um, so I was really trying to stick to that as much as possible. I've also been reading more, and I've been reading more about... Um, my craft of astrology, of human design and things like that, because actually I've been feeling super fraudy lately for the past couple of months. I've just felt like I don't know anything, which is not true, but it's kind of going back to what I was talking about earlier about expertise being a destination is not mm-hmm. an actual thing. Yeah. That totally makes sense to me though, that you'd be feeling that way after this growth period. Yeah. Yeah. Because you're expanding and it's uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Totally. So it's been really great learning more techniques and it's been awesome. You know, like I'm excited to apply all of it to what I'm doing with clients and it's been really great. But yeah, that those initial feelings of fraudiness is like, those are hard. Those are very hard. They are. But we all feel them. We do. At almost any given point. So yeah, my my best way to combat that is just to study more. <laughs> yeah. My favorite way is to remember that there is an evolutionary reason why we feel that way. Mm, yeah. If you were being chased by an animal in the wild, mm-hmm. not being seen would be a key part of your survival strategy. Totally. So we still have that. It's not relevant because there isn't a tiger chasing me right now but like it makes me feel better just to know like okay this is like a biological thing that my body is doing and then my brain is doing and of course there's more to it than that but that just is really validating yeah I totally agree with that so I've also been more flexible with my morning routine and making sure that it's more nourishing so because of my really good go to bed 
situation and routine there, I'm able to actually get up early. Early for me is 6.30. And I know that for a lot of people that's still early, but for others, it's not. So I try to get up at 6.30 in the morning so that I have a good two hours or more to just not do anything super productive yet. Um, So I'll definitely make coffee, do journaling if I feel like it or not. Maybe sometimes it's like, I feel like getting a house chore done instead of, you know, being slow or whatever it is. I just, within those two hours, I want it to just be whatever it needs to be. Whatever I actually feel like doing is what I'll do. Not feeling any guilt for doing anything other than that. That's awesome. So that's been really nice. Yeah. It's so nice to have that container around it. Yeah. So that you, it's like boss Lexi told you that work time isn't starting yet. You're not allowed to work yet. So you're like, all right, don't worry about it. Yep. (laughs) So that's been really good. That's been really helpful. And then that's been helpful in just that overall approach to the fact that I pretty much work all the time. (laughs) So I am actually better at not working now. So I will, like I said, in the morning, I'm pretty good at not starting work until I really feel like it needs to happen. And then I also have been able to stop working in the evenings, (laughs) which before really wasn't the case. I was just kind of constantly always working. But now, you know, I really value my relationship with my partner and I value our happiness as a unit. And for that to occur, I need to get out of my computer. Totally. Yeah. So that's been really good. It's such a slippery slope though, Mm -hmm. when you're like, well, I'll just open up the computer after dinner and I'll just work (laughs) for an hour. And then you're like, what time is it? Oh no. Yep. But that also kind of correlates too with, with my bedtime. Yeah. Because I want to get up at 6.30 and because I need to wind down for about an hour, that means that I need to get in bed around 8.30. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty early. Yeah. So like in the past, I've, I've worked till 11 p.m. or, or even later. Mm-hmm. And so now because I want my sleep to be the most quality thing possible, things are finally starting to fall around it to make that possible. Yeah. Which means I have more healthy boundaries and routines. I was just going to say that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was like your boundaries. They're so good. <laughs> yeah. And it, of course it's not perfect. Um, no, but you know, boundaries can shift. Yeah, totally. And also I just did this thing about a, a f- couple weeks ago where I wrote out the things that I want to hold myself accountable to. And they're like simple things like going to bed at 8.30 so that I can have a wind down time of an hour. And I always finish the dishes before I go to bed. Mm, That's a good one. Yeah. So like really simple things that just make me feel more relaxed and more at ease or, you know, whatever it is, whatever the actual quote unquote rule is um, and and whatever its purpose does in my life. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a lot of things that I feel like we all say that we want to do. We all want to um, live a certain way and things like that, but not all of us do that. And I know I have been guilty of that for a very long time where I'm like, I want to be this ultra clean 
house kind of person (laughs) and, you know, all those things. But I wasn't always following through with that. So I'm just changing it. That's awesome. (laughs) Just writing down what I actually want to do. And the key though that I found is that I have to read those over and over again. So like read them once a day or every other day so that I remind myself of what it is I actually want to do. I say that I want to do because until it becomes second nature, I'm not going to do it on a regular basis. Yes. That's so great though, because I know to some people that would sound limiting to have a rule around Mm -hmm. all these things, but the beauty of having a rule is you just don't have to think about it. Yeah. It's just, that's what I'm going to do. You don't wake up and go like, am I going to go for a walk today? You just go. Yeah. And I would say that that's probably not right for everyone to do what I did. No. Um, But for some people it is. Yeah. And that's just kind of having some really good self-awareness to know if you're that type of person or not. Yes. So yeah. So that's been super helpful. But uh, yeah, I think to just to go back to it, I think the whole thing about getting a really good grip and handle on my sleep has just had so many ripple effects in the positive of my self-care. Amazing. Yeah. So we have a little bit of a new format for this season. Mm -hmm. First and foremost, we're taking out the astrology readings. Not every interviewee wanted to have that, which is totally fine. But I think just from a consistency standpoint, it was kind of weird to me personally that some episodes had it, some didn't. And then I think the overall message is like, it just didn't really make sense <laughs> to have them anyway, just with what other things we were talking about. Um, so we're definitely more focused on the exact topics of, you know, what's going on in your life, what's going on in your business, what's going on in self-care and how do those things intersect and spirituality. Oh yeah. And spirituality. <laughs> of course. We didn't really talk about that today, but it kind of filters into our self-care stuff. Yeah. I view those as kind of mixed personally. Yeah, I do too. But actually I do have a thing to add on spirituality specifically. Oh, yeah. And it does actually filter into my self-care and even my business. So I've been experimenting with the Akashic records lately. I know nothing about that. It's something I've heard people talk about. Yeah. Most people don't know and it's actually kind of hard to explain it but essentially it's like this ethereal file cabinet per se of all of the records of every everything that has ever existed is existing and will exist it's very similar to astrology and the fact that you know you have a birth chart for a person and a pet and an event and a business and all those things Um, you can actually open records for people animals, events, businesses, et cetera, et cetera. And this is just the record of that particular entity and what its previous life was, what its current life is, and what its life will become. So Akashic Records is a common tool for people who are doing past life readings. Mm. It's been interesting you can become a certified akashic records reader i don't know if i will go that far but as of right now i'm just having a lot of fun experimenting with opening the records it's like this whole situation you have a an opening prayer to actually get into the records and then you're in them and it's basically your direct line with your masters teachers and loved ones 
And so then you're in that. And I personally use it to ask them questions about my business. What's the best way for me to work? Things like that, like super practical stuff. Sometimes I get responses, sometimes I don't. But what I've been learning is just how my intuition works. Mm-hmm. That's one of the biggest things that it's doing for me is really connecting to my intuition. And then there's um, a closing prayer too. So you absolutely have to close the records. It's super disrespectful and that makes sense. kind of messy to leave them open. Not have an open loop. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's been interesting. It's a little wild, I feel like. Um, <laughs> but, you know, a lot of people that I know of are familiar with the podcast that is called Manifest This with Ashley Wood. That's what she does. She is an Akashic Records reader. Hmm. That's just her thing. It's a super popular podcast these days. So I have not heard of that. Yeah. Check it out. Yeah. You might want to check it out. There's so many great tools for connecting with your intuition. Right. There's a ton. So anyway, new format, (laughs) taking out astrology. We actually want to have a little bit more opportunity for just Rebecca and I to chat Mm -hmm. on these recordings. So we're actually going to do an intro for every episode instead of just the pre-recorded intro. So we'll actually introduce the interviewee and kind of what our thoughts and ideas are on that interview that you will hear in the episode. And things we learned. Yeah. Highlights. And these changes are really coming because of just kind of how we felt about the, the last season but also we got a lot of feedback from listeners too. And so we really tried to take that into account mm-hmm. and really speak to the things that you guys want to hear. Just want the listener's experience to be fantastic because obviously that's what we're here for. Otherwise we'd just be talking and not recording ourselves. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Which is cool, but it's not a podcast. Right. <laughs> and then also we've always had a Patreon account but we didn't really make a ton of use with it. So what we're going to do with that account is actually switch to a pay per creation instead of the monthly reoccurring fee, because we really want this to be a co-creative experience with us and the listeners. And we really feel like that would just be a better model for us, especially since we had season one and then didn't record anything for months. Yeah. And we like that flexibility and we don't want to give that flexibility up. So we still have a Patreon that you can support us through and that would be super helpful. But we also want to give you the opportunity to give us input on what kind of incentives and extras you would like to receive for being a patron of the podcast. Uh, We just want to, like we said before, like we want this to be co-creative. We want this to be an experience that you really enjoy. So let us know what you want. What kind of extras do you want? Yeah, we want it to be impactful for you guys. And we are super grateful that you are listening. Yeah. And want to support what we do. So we want to give back what's going to be helpful for you. Mm -hmm. Well, do you have anything to add, Rebecca? I don't think so. I think we summed up the last six months somehow in an hour. Right. (laughs) Cool. Thank you so much for being here. Yeah, thank you for listening. Yes. And we'll catch you in another episode. Bye. Bye. 
If you enjoy this podcast, please subscribe on the podcast app of your choice, leave a rating and review on iTunes, or share with a friend. Or if you really love it, you can support the making of this podcast by becoming a patron on Patreon for exclusive content. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Being a Whole Person. We'd love to connect with you. Thanks for listening. Thank you.